Okay, I hope everyone was paying attention and is awake because it is pop quiz time. Without looking at your bulletins, who can tell me what the last line of the gospel lesson that Carol just read was? Anybody? They close, yep, I think that's good. They left everything and and followed him. Excellent. Gold star to Ira over there. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Should have spoken up. You could have had a gold star. They left everything and followed him. I've always been rather impressed with that line, that these men would leave everything behind, that they were so moved so compelled by this person, Jesus, that they left their families, friends, livelihoods, whole worlds, and picked up and followed him. I've been in many a Bible study and faith discussion group where the discussion of this passage is passionate and heartfelt, wondering about whether we could do the same or would do the same. Would I give up everything I own abandon my life, my possessions, if Jesus were to show up here right now. So what's going on in this story? The disciples have been fishing all night long, repeatedly lowering their nets into the water, dragging them along, pulling them up, hoping for a haul of fish, or at least a few. And then it would have been done at night, so in the morning, whatever the hall was or wasn't, they would have to carefully wash those nets and clean them from the debris, otherwise they would rot and be ruined. The majority of a fisherman's life in that time, I'm told, was actually spent cleaning and mending nets. It appears that they are finishing this task when Jesus approaches. We're told that there are crowds of people following him and pressing in on him, and so he goes up and asks Peter to take him out onto the lake so that he can teach. Now, in Luke's version of this story, Peter already knows Jesus. Jesus has healed Peter's mother-in-law and so isn't a stranger, and so Peter responds to his request and rows him out onto the water. Jesus stands there and teaches the people from this vantage point, and when he has finished, he turns to Peter and says, take us out to the deeper water and put down your nets. Now, I'm sure the last thing Peter wanted to do was this. And he certainly would have been well within his rights to say, seriously, you're not a fisherman. You're telling me how to do my job. This kind of fishing is supposed to be done at night. We've already spent the whole night fishing and we have nothing to show for it. Not to mention, if we put these nets back in, we're going to have to start all over again and clean them. I wouldn't blame Peter if he refused, but something causes him to say, if you say so, I will let them down. Was it Peter remembering Jesus' kindness to his mother-in-law? Was it something Jesus had said just now to the crowds? Or was it simply the experience of being fully in the presence of Jesus, that he knew that he needed to do what it was he was being told to do. I don't know, but whatever the case, Peter takes the boat out into the deeper water, puts down the nets, and they are filled to the brim with fish, 
an abundance, so much that he has to call the other boat and the other fishermen to help bring in the bounty. It reminds me of the wine we heard about a few weeks ago. The nets are full, the boats are sinking, the fish are plentiful. And here is where Peter has an epiphany. And it's quite pure Peter who goes from zero to 60 in a second. He goes from, sure, Jesus, if you say so, I'll put the nets down, to falling down on his knees and saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus' response, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. And with that, it seems, they bring in their boats, leave everything, and follow Jesus. And this is where I get caught up with the questions I raised earlier. Could I do that? Could I walk out of my office, my home, my school? And from there, it's tempting to get into the weeds of would I leave behind my car, my furniture, my books, my cell phone, and then to get into the explanation of this. Well, this is a story about the disciples 2,000 years ago. Our lives are different now. It wouldn't be practical to do this now. We answer God's call in a different way. Maybe they didn't really leave family behind. Maybe there were wives and children, part of the people following Jesus. All of those could well be, and they're interesting details to discuss and debate. But at the end of the day, I think we're at risk of missing that this story is at its heart a miracle story. Oh yes, the catch of fish is miraculous. The show of abundance, sure. But for me, the real miracle is that God turns these ordinary fishermen into disciples. Jesus calls and the fishermen follow. Jesus tells them what they're going to do and they do it. Is it because these men are somehow superhuman, they have proved themselves worthy? Do they possess some sort of divine ability that Jesus has special insight into, knowing that they are going to do great things? Are they heroes? Is this a hero story? No. In fact, we know that the disciples bungle the whole disciple thing. They don't understand, they make bad choices, they quarrel, they doubt, they run away. And there's the epiphany for me in this story. They're as fallible and as ordinary and as human as I am, but Jesus somehow makes it possible for them to get out of their own way and follow him. This is a miracle story. As much as when Jesus says to the sea, be still, and the waves and the winds cease. When he says to the lame man, pick up your mat and walk, and he does. When he says to the disciples, use these five loaves and two fish to feed these 5,000 people, and they do, and it does. This is no different. Jesus, in essence, is saying, you're coming with me, and they do. This isn't a story that tries to tell us that we have the power to change our lives on our own, to leave everything behind. 
This is a story about a God who compels us to throw down our nets and fall down in fear and trembling, only to be told, don't be afraid. This is a story about a God who not only calls us, but who has created us to be called and to be able to follow imperfectly, haphazardly, sometimes in spite of ourselves. It's about the God who shows up when we are minding our own business, clearing, cleaning our nets, licking our wounds because we've been working nonstop with nothing to show for it, and says, you're going to do something different now, and I've already given you everything you need to do it. Can we hear something different in that last line, they left everything and followed him? They left their fear behind and followed him. They left their despair behind and followed him. They left their fatigue behind and followed him. They left their own ways of doing things and followed him. They left their feelings of unworthiness behind and followed him. Could we leave everything behind to follow Jesus? That question has already been answered for us. We can with God's help. We are created to do so. We are called to do so, and we are sent to do so. What does that look like? That choice is ours. In the name of the one who loves us and has given us life.